Have you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. Hi, this is Mary Brown Maloof, executive editor of Salt Lake Magazine, and this is Salt Lake Speaks. Today, we welcome Genevieve Atwood, one of the first women members of the famed Alta Club. We all know the Alta Club because we all drive by it all the time and it's a beautiful downtown landmark. The note, the Italian Renaissance building, is, was built in 1897. So we know the building, but most of us haven't been inside because it's a private club. Gentlemen's clubs were part of the landscape when the Alta Club was established. The Union Club in San Francisco was the uh, model for the Alta Club. And note the gentlemen's club description. Those were very common. It wasn't until a century after the Alta Club's founding that the club allowed women to become members. The original three members were Didi Corradini, Annette Cummings, and Genevieve Atwood. Today on Salt Lake Speaks, we welcome, as I said, Genevieve Atwood. So before we get started, I know breaking the gender barrier at the Alta Club is a distinction, but you've accomplished lots of other things. Could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, Mary, and thanks for inviting me. I'm the former this and the former that. <laughs> so former state geologist, former member of the legislature. Uh, presently, I'm head of Earth Science Education, chief education officer, and I teach teachers to go outside and recognize that Earth science surrounds them, and it's just fascinating to get to know that. Right, it's So that's true. what I do. I'm so compulsively interested in Earth science. Fantastic. And a sense of place. And sense as I was place. thinking about your magazine and this series, I realized that Salt Lake Speaks and Salt Lake Magazine is all about a sense of place and how different people have different perceptions of place, including the Alta Club. Yes. No, that's, that's true. And one of our jobs, and I think one of media's jobs, is to connect all the different parts of a community so they recognize that there are many facets to the place that uh, they live in and not just the little section of it that they tend to stay in. Correct. So. I'm with the program. That's what we're about. Good. And that's what we're about, too. We're having so much fun, guys. We're on the same page. Okay, so what about the Alta Club? What's it for? What is its purpose? Well, it is a different place for different people. I married into a family of long-term Utahns. They weren't Alda Club members, and in fact, had some concerns about the Alda Club. My father married into an old line Utah family, mining, and it happened to be Fisher Beer, sparkle brewed to the altitude. They've got a new opening of it, okay? We love and that and their beanies. <laughs> the beer and the beanies. That's so exciting. <laughs> and you might even ask, what's the difference between the Fisher Brewery, where you go and get your beer, and the Alda Club, because you might think they were the same, and they're not the same at all. So. I think that my family loved the Alta Club. My grandfather was a member, his brother was a member, they'd both been presidents of it, and the Alta Club for them was the quote-unquote third place, meaning you've got your home and you've got your work, but where you go and you just hang out, if you're a guy and you don't want to be at work and you don't want to be at home, you go to the Alta Club. And back then you smoked cigars and you drank and it was a fine time head by all. But it also was a place where there was a balance of the community with the LDS Church. 
And so the Alda Club, as you know, is just across the street from the LDS Church. Mm -hmm. And the Alda Club, over time, has been a part of sort of usually a constructive, sometimes a contrary voice of how Salt Lake City is going to be the city for whomever. In other words, when they did the downtown, I forget what it was called, the downtown, when the, all that, you know, Rising. the... Down all that development of down, not not the city center, oh, but no. the but before that, oh, when okay. the transportation went in and the tracks went in and all that, that was disruptive to many people. And the Alda Club was right there with the church, saying this is important. And so the Alda Club really believes in Salt Lake City, and so does the LDS Church. It's one of the reasons that Salt Lake City is not like so many other cities that have a cratered downtown. And that was how I was brought up, is that the Alda Club had a purpose far beyond men escaping their wives and going drinking. It really was a place of community where, even as a child, I got to have dinner with bankers and attorneys and learn to cross my legs and be ankle. polite. <laughs> no, I guess it was. Yes. I'd forgotten. Etica you see, it didn't stick very well. <laughs> That's right, and and it was wonderful to go there, and uh, it was just it was my family's third place. Sure, yeah, I know uh, my family belonged to Country Club in Atlanta, and then after they moved to New York, Daddy was a member of the Union League, so we always went there for holiday dinners and things like that, and. Um, and they were letting women in by the front door then too. Mm -hmm. But at first, the Alta Club was only for men, and women, there was a back door entrance, wasn't there, when they brought women yes, No, it in. actually was the front door. And many people, the, that was the, the front door imagery. It's a carriage entrance, right? Yeah, and so you think about how the Alta Club is a building involved. It has its original front door mm -hmm. on State Street. And that's the women's entrance. But it was considered the side entrance. It wasn't really the back entrance. And as right. folks who really were excluded from the club, uh, meaning blacks and uh, to some extent others, but not as exclusive as the Eastern clubs. So mm -hmm. my dad came from the East, and he came from Eastern clubs. And one of the things he liked about the Alda Club, for example, was it did not discriminate against Jews, right. ever. Okay, And so from my dad's perspective, it was actually a, a more open-minded rather than, but women were considered not members, although there was one woman, and I wish I knew more about her. Her name was Mary McCormick, and she was one of the sort of the angels and founders of the Alda Clubs. She always was a status, and I knew of her as a child because as far as I was concerned, my dad said she you know, we don't have women, but she's a member. I mean, right. basically, she has the status of women. And in terms of when we walk through the front door, the Alma Club actually changed its attitude about who goes, whether they were going to enforce the side door when, right. among others, Norma Matheson worked on Scott and others <laughs> saying, Scott, you got to do something about this, okay? If you become powerful like the governor, you really, this must change. <laughs> so some of the stories are folk history. So the story of Francis Farley being turned back from the Alda Club front entrance, turns out it was probably the university club. Right. And the story of this person being blackballed or not, it turns out that usually a sponsor would say, Mary, 
I don't think they're going to make it. Let's not post it, okay? So, yes, there was discrimination, and yes, the side door is a huge issue because I don't know <laughs> about you, but when I was back east, my first job, I had to stand out in the rain by the side entrance of the Cosmos Club, which is the right. distinguished club for scientists. And one of the people on the committee actually resigned for how they treated little old me when I was only 22 years old or whatever it was, 25. And they made way me stand to go, the, the inadvertent feminist. The, <laughs> you know, that is an interesting way to say it. And being the first woman in the ALDA Club, because I actually was the very first, right. and I did not realize the planning for that, because I thought, yeah, Peter Billings had my application the first day. He got the usual suspects to sign the, the thing, and I got in a month or I think it was a month, might have been two months before they let in any of the other women. Oh. But it turns out that there, the men of the ALDA Club had a strategy because some of them could not remain members as long. They just didn't feel they could. If they were going to be a judge, they couldn't be discriminating against women in a club. If they were going to be a politician, they weren't about to turn off all the women's members. And some of them just had women that were going nag, nag, nag. And then there was Karen Shepard, who in Network Magazine just went nag, nag, <laughs> nag. And no one can nag better than Karen <laughs> Shepard. I'm sure she did when she was back at Congress. I know she did when she was in the Utah Senate. I used to literally run with her, and she could nag me to run faster, which is right. really like getting Napoleon to you know, <laughs> get into a canter. So I don't want to go to Russia. No. Go <laughs> <laughs> so this year has been fascinating because it's the 30 years of women in the Alma Club as full members. And I really had not paid attention that it was particularly important. In fact, I've been mildly annoyed that people really thought that was my significant contribution. Of course you were. Because, you know, I know these other things that I have done. But in retrospect, it has become. Now when people say, I think I've heard of you. And I say, yeah, I was the first woman in the Alma Club. <laughs> they say, yes. Right. And it, it's much more of a symbol. It's much more of a role model than I had any idea of. And so this has been the year of the woman at the Alda Club. 30 years in the Alda Club. Next year's 135 year anniversary of the Alda Club. And in that process, I've learned a lot about the history. And the thing that has impressed me most is it was a movement of the men within the Alda Club, as well as the pressures on the outside, and that the pressures economically on the outside were really what brought it about. And I kind of knew that. So the Utah Bar Association was no longer having its meetings there because Jan Graham said, don't, I won't, I won't uh, come. I can't come, I'm I don't want to come, <coughs> I will not go to a place, yeah. Exactly, and then the governor happened to be Governor Bangor, and he didn't care that much about the Alda Club, and so many state agencies stopped meeting there. So that force of economically putting pressure on the dining facilities, that made a difference. Money and talks, always. And then the third always. factor was just the bad press. And right. that was Brian Barnard. And I forget, I think he was somehow associated with some kind of uh, outlet, but he certainly had got enough press saying, oh, yes. don't do this. It had a titillation because it had to do with the uh, liquor license. Right. And so they were saying, and from I was hearing it from my father's perspective, who was saying, just 
what is this all about? He would have been much happier if I'd have been the you know, seventh member of the Alda Club. I mean, <laughs> he, he just didn't see it. And you know, you think about it, and, and this is a grandiose analog, which I can't decide whether I just shouldn't say it because it's so minor in comparison. But Rosa Parks I was a person on the bus. And, and I got to be on the bus. And I think Rosa Parks, as an individual, is very interesting. Yes. And what she accomplished as a person was more than just being on the bus. But I'm really proud to be that person. And it turns out that Peter Billings was the champion. So right. Peter Billings is an attorney. And his dad, I knew his dad and his dad's best friend sort of taught me Sunday school and all the rest of that. And Peter actually ran my application through before any vote. In other words, he oh. basically said, this is a good one. And I sort of refer to myself as Little Mary Sunshine. I mean, and even men after the vote came up to me and said, if we had to have women, I'm glad it was you. And did you slap them? No, <laughs> I gave them the usual hug. I slapped a move on them. Of course I did. I, you have I to be careful what you say that now. I know. But no, I, I think that idea of what is your third place and where are you comfortable and the ALDA Club wants to be its members' third place, which leads me to the other thing that I think is interesting is can the ALDA Club really be the club it wants to be if it doesn't have a very strong component of women? Well, I was going to ask about that. I mean, when I was looking this up last night, doing my homework about this, and of course I was at the event at the ALDA Club that celebrated you and the other early female members, but... And, and I remember at the time, go, wait, 1987? That's so late. It's before the Chamber of Commerce. It's before, oh, I have to be careful who I say. No, was it the Chamber? Anyway, we were not the first wagon, but we were not the last, last. wagon either. <laughs> no, it's just uh, uh, from But 1987, isn't it just amazing how different that is? I just read an obituary of someone I admire, and in the obituary it said, and she was the 79th female to be admitted to the Utah State Bar. And it was about that. I mean, I just said to myself, look at how far we've come, Mary. Right. It's good but for do us. You think, good for us. But, I mean, and, and, and we you, have a ways to go. You, of course. Utah is a conservative state, and things happen later here than they do on the coast. I mean, I'm a food writer, so I just look at it in terms of what's on my plate where, right? And just that way, they're not, it's it's slow to embrace, it moves like a turtle, but I guess it, get, it gets there. The interesting thing, of course, um, the other thing I thought, when beside, after I thought, 1987 was, this is just a private club in Utah, what difference does it make? But especially this year, when the discussion about men and women has focused less on gender and more on the power differential between men and women, and that's where the real problem lies, and that's why there's been a lot of uh, harassment, all, the, all those kinds of things are because men are in position of power. And the Alta Club was a seat of power in Salt Lake City, so admitting members to those ranks is significant. It's significant. I mean, it's, uh, it is Rosa Parks on the bus. And I'm impressed by how particularly the younger women say this is the place that they have complete status. 
right. with men. No one looks at a woman having lunch at the Alda Club with another member with, I wonder what that's about. Right. And it is a safe place for powerful women. Do you think that um, Alta Club's changed and since they started admitting women? Has it, uh, I know it's still a third place, but is it, women it have different concerns third than place. men, but a it, lot. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, we're not, uh, even the most professional of us aren't as totally focused on business usually. There's a lot of, of women sort of have, I'm making a ton of generalizations here that I'm going to get in trouble for, but, <laughs> but um, there's uh, more maybe more social concerns, maybe more awareness of other problems in the city. I mean, has its mission expanded education-wise? I mean, it's not just for women to go smoke cigars and uh, be away from their husbands. <laughs> I don't, I think, uh, poking around, uh, that's a wonderful question. So the Yellow Club has changed a lot. So Salt Lake City changed. So is the balance of power within Salt Lake City change. When I was in the legislature, it was really a different place than it right. is now. Although the proportion, and, and I don't think you can talk about anything in Utah or Salt Lake City without thinking about the importance economically, socially, culturally of the LDS Church. No, you cannot. And therefore saying, how has the Alda Club changed with respect to women? I think it's a broader question is how has Utah changed, how has Salt Lake City changed? I think that the Alda Club, I like to think about the future of the Alda Club as well. So someone like Karen Shepard, who mm -hmm. did Network Magazine, also founded a, something called the Utah Women's Forum. And that was for women who were lonely at the top, uh, people who were head of agencies. And, there, and I was in that early, and we needed each other. Sure. And, and now, and that group probably has over 100 members, and it's much more social. And, I mean, you wouldn't share the latest thing that went on in the office that you don't know how you're going to cope with, with 100 people. But no. you would have shared it with eight people and had the reaction be, oh, no, or just cool it. Right. I, I mean, things like, can you travel, if you're sending four people to look at a coal plant in Cameron, Wyoming, are you going to send them three in one? because one of them's a woman, or could you do two and two? You, at the end of that, right. you just say, cool it, okay? It's not a big deal. If someone does something else that's really over the top, you say, yeah, this. And I think that we now have many outlets for that, or at least I have, and I bet right. you do too. Yeah. And I think even listening to podcasts, you're hearing people say, this is how you can do that. I don't think that the status of women at the Alda Club is what the Alda Club needs or what the status of women needs as well. There are powerful women in the Alda Club, but it is not where the powerful women see as their third place. They, I think okay. that most of us, I still consider myself powerful, although I'm not as powerful as I used to be, <laughs> have a place that we connect with the people that can make a difference in the realm we want to make a difference. And for me, that is not in the Alda Club. Right. But I do connect with men at the Alda Club who are the men I like to work with. I, and I've been a little surprised. So as I said, I married into a non-Alda Club family. And in fact, I've been told to say that my husband was not social, but bottom line is he was hostile. He really saw the Alda Club as a place that kept people out rather than a place that allowed change to happen. And I can understand, I mean, Well, there is that about the, clubs. There, there is about by definition any club. Any club is about exclusion to some extent. Absolutely. It's about creating uh, your own niche, you right. know, right? 
And of course, in this day and age, everything is nichified, I always call it. You know, I mean, we're all staying in our, our little piece of the pie, and it's easier because of the way media works, because of the internet, because the way TV works. You know, we can all very much stay in our comfort zone as far as those things go, maybe easier than we used to. But officially, a club is about self-selection, right. a self-selected society. And let's poke around on something. I taught Geography of Utah at the University of Utah. And as part of that, we did not only the physical, where I was out of control and fine, but we did the social as well. And one of the articles in Utah, the New Millennium, said Utah isn't segregated because there are so few minorities, we don't even qualify as segregated. Right. But let's use the isolation index. And I love that you've added this because I have not thought of that this today until, Mary, you poked around on this. Because for me, the Alda Club gets me out of my isolation. Yeah. And the isolation index, I'd have the students actually take the test of who do you spend Sunday with? Who do you, and how many of people different than you do you run into as, and it, so it's, it's a wonderful one. And Utah is extraordinarily high on the isolation index nationally. We're an island out here. Well, and we're an island among ourselves. In other words, this idea of sort of tribalism, I call it, I think a niche is a rather sweet way of saying something (laughs) that I worry about for our whole country. For me, the Alda Club actually is a way to broaden my, to to get me out of my isolation index, because I can happily hang out with my university colleagues who And it turned out for my students in the Geography of Utah that it was the universities where they were most out of isolation. And I thought, what a great thing about our country to have the universities be a place where people are seeing people unlike them. And as far as I'm concerned, the Alda Club does that for me. I get to work with men. I happen to like men. And so being on the board has just been plain old fun for me. Right. Well, it is all fun if if you're, you know, and we all should be open to it, to encounter other mindsets, other cultures, other tribes, yeah. and and think about how they relate to where you, your comfort zone. And how can we get where we're going? Because I love Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. I know you do, too. And I think that Salt Lake is a, always has to be protected, expanded. I mean, I watch the center of gravity of our state has now moved by population and to some extent power to northern Utah County. And I say to myself, how do we keep Salt Lake City strong? Right. I think the Alda Club keeps Salt Lake City strong by its commitment to Salt Lake and its commitment to power. That's great. This is great. And this is Alta Club's Year of the Woman as it is this country's Year of the Woman in a lot Let's of ways. Let's do it. Let's Absolutely. do it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Mary, for inviting me. This was really fun. It was fun. You've been listening to an episode of Salt Lake Speaks, a podcast from Salt Lake Magazine. Today we've been speaking with Genevieve Atwood, the first woman member of the Alta Club, about the role of women at the Alta Club and the Year of the Woman. You can find us at saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast. Mm -hmm.